Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, Kate Fings. We're back, man. Episode 175. Yes, sir. But episode number two for... The visual content. For YouTube, man. I know some of you guys are probably confused to see this shit. They're like, what the fuck? Where are the other 173 episodes at? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. We just popped up with the, you know what I'm saying? 170s. We did this this shit very untraditionally. Yeah. I think I made a mistake because aren't you supposed to like not curse within like the first minute? To like help the algorithm? Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I heard somebody like, saying like, "Don't curse for the first one minute." Guess they're trying to make YouTube more like, like family friendly. Yeah, uh, but well, pussy juice is not very family friendly. No, that's how you make a family though. That's facts. Yeah. That's facts. Was that me? Yeah. Jeez, man. I don't got an Android no more. I oh yeah, but I, I tend to like I tend to like have my volume and shit off mm-hmm. because it's it's disrespectful to the listeners. And I don't want people hearing like my phone going off. Mm-hmm. We actually respect your guys' time. But enough of that. Let's get right into the topics. Uh, Lil Nas X video. Uh, recently, he came out with a video, man. And, uh, and the song is dope. First and foremost, I think that this is the song of the summer with him and Jack Harlow. Yeah. I think that song is fucking dope. Yeah, that song was pretty dope. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that. Uh yeah, it's it's another extreme that we're seeing from Lil Nas X. Mm-hmm. Now here's the thing: you'll get scrutiny for saying like, "Yo, like it's a lot going on." Mm-hmm. Like it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. the song was dope until I seen naked dicks in the video, man. Well, the song was dope regardless, even with the dicks in it. But I'm I'm listening. The song is dope. The video is different. The video is different. <laughs> like when I heard the song, I told Keith, I was like, "This shit fire," and he was like, "Hey, check that video out, bro." <laughs> Check that video out, bro. I, t- I told you, I was like, bro, I think it could go further if he's not as flamboyant in the video. Right. I think that like it's more palatable for kids, it's more palatable for, you know, even people that aren't necessarily um, homophobic, but they just don't care for the over sexuality. A hundred percent. But he, the pushback on that would be like, well, they don't make it more palatable when they got girls twerking in a video and talk about killing people. And it's like, that's a fact. That's a truth. Yeah. But what we also have to realize is the average person is not gay. Right. So I think that's where the pushback comes from is where like, they're not used to seeing it now to keep the same energy. Me and Keith feel like a lot of rap videos are over sexualized anyways. Mm -hmm. Like all the twerking in the, in the, in the ass shaking, it's just unnecessary to me. Like yeah. if you're a dope MC, you a dope MC. Mm-hmm. But if I already if if I feel like it's oversaturated to have a bunch of big asses in the videos, imagine how I feel about seeing actual dicks. Like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it, I think I think uh, Lil Nas X is pandering to this extreme now, and it's gonna get old. And the the thing that the thing about him though is he is dope. I like the EP that he came out with, and this song with Jack Harlow is dope. And yeah. I don't, I don't, I honestly, genuinely don't give a fuck about him being gay. Had this been the '90s too, I think it would be a lot more homophobic. I think that no yeah. one would collaborate with him. Yeah, like you couldn't get little, like you couldn't get like a guy like Lil Nas X back in that day in the '90s to like collaborate with like Ice Cube and Snoop Dogg and all of that because that was a very homophobic time. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he would be. I don't even think he would be out. No, Just not be, at all. You know, somewhere hiding in a closet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I think all of that, it's, uh, I think he's pandering to like, I think most, how would I say this? I think he puts music as like the B side of everything he does. True. I think the A side tends to be 
because even coming out with the video like directly after the song mm-hmm. um and not even letting the song like marinate you know what i mean yeah. like there was intention yeah exactly i right. think for the pat i think probably all the singles he's released well i don't know i guess the last call call what does it call her call me by her name or what is the song called? Montero Montero called me by her name whatever call me by your name or something right. um like ever since that song came out it's been like I'm gonna make this uh very flamboyant flamboyant um take on my sexuality and people are gonna talk about it and that's what's gonna get the song popular. Right. Not necessarily that that the song is, is good or not. And he makes good music. Like the music is good enough to be good on its own. But yeah. it's just like I think that these videos are created to to spark a conversation. Yeah. And like you said, after you do that for so long, like the next when the next video comes out, I don't know what the next single is or whatever, but when the next video comes out and you're doing the same thing, it's gonna yeah. be like, oh, it's just Lil Nas X. And yeah, but here's the thing, though. He's making good enough music to really uh, do this. Mm-hmm. Like, his music that he makes is decent enough for him to do this. But once he has a fall off, that's when he's going to be done. Yeah. Because the thing about it is, is he's dope enough. Here's the thing. If, like, like Carl Nassib that for the Raiders that came out as gay, mm-hmm. right? When he came out as gay, he didn't make some big splash. He just said, hey, my mm-hmm. name's Carl Nassib and I'm gay, right? Mm-hmm. And then we was like, oh, that's cool. Right. And we just left it alone. But it's like this, this like flamboyant, extra flamboyant stuff. It's not like um, you you guys are being homophobic because you're not allowing him to be himself. It ain't that. It's that he is doing the extreme for attention. Mm-hmm. And since he's very young, he doesn't get how this shit can backfire. Yeah. You know, it backfires actually on rappers who do have are, are heterosexual because they music don't match what's going on. If you got a dope ass song, it's dope as fucking. You got booty in mm-hmm. the video, right? Mm-hmm. People are gonna be like, "Oh, they they not gonna trip." But if you just got a bunch of booty in the video and you whack, then they are gonna be like, "I ain't listening to this shit." Yeah, like the booty is not enough to keep them entertained or to keep them invested in your content. Yeah, the same way that the average person is heterosexual and you got actual dicks in the video, like. They doing dick handshakes in prison, yo. Like, that shit was wild. That is super wild. But I watched the whole video. Like, uh-huh. it was some people that did reaction videos. That, like, a lot of people doing these reaction videos, a little nines are just corny. Because yeah. they like, oh, no, I'm turning this shit off. Fuck this. It's like, bro, you already seen the video. You know, you knew there was guys. In there. <laughs> I'm turning this off. It's three minutes into the video. Yeah. I'm t- man, I'm turning this off. <laughs> turning this shit off. <laughs> You're like, all right, man, we know what the fuck you're doing. Uh, I think I think the most awkward thing is I think I I think for Little Nas X, the actual the actual sexuality is going to get old and not his, you know, not his sexual preference, just the sexuality of the videos like having guys in there dancing naked or um, twerking on the devil or or whatever. I think that's going to get old. I think it it kind of got old with like. Uh, Meg the Stallion and Nicki Minaj. I think yeah, that, yeah. I think those. Uh, I don't. I don't think it has the same like effect that it used to when they come out and they're twerking and stuff like that or wearing it. They did an interview recently with Meg the Stallion. You know what she said? What's that? She's like ah. <laughs> <laughs> you know how the little them uh, sound effects make yeah. it sound? Ah. Yeah. 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 Take his money, then I rot it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, but I think that the. The thing that was most awkward for me 
when I watched the video is it's this like uh, this pride is almost like a pride uh, an ode to pride month watching the video and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden Jack Harlow come in and he got this white girl With a rubbing all booty. over his chest and stuff it's just like uh but he look Jack Harlow believe it or not subliminally he had to let you know how heterosexual he was because he knew if he was in that video just and it rapping? was just like rapping it would be like yo first like, of all you gay second of all you like black men <laughs> <laughs> if he's like, yeah, I'm so and so, and if he'd had no girl with a booty in there, he was just rapping. Yeah, and like the last scene, it was dicks, like they was twerking with dicks yeah. out, and then here you just pop up, like, yeah. He had a, he had it was a conscious effort on his yes. part to make sure that everyone knew he was heterosexual. Yeah, yeah. but it's funny because him and you know that dude, uh, the comedian. Dr- Drewski? Drewski, yeah. Uh They be having like little like sexual innuendos back and forth sometimes as like a joke or whatever. But it's funny that he came out and on the biggest, maybe his biggest platform yet, he had Uh to he had to make sure it was known that you know he he liked women. Yeah, I think that the whole hip hop and uh, homosexuality stuff, it's like this is not new too because. Uh, remember uh, Eminem had said some homophobic shit about Elton John and then they end up doing a song together Yeah, and then they held hands on the stage and then he rose his hand up you remember that? so it's like this shit is like this is not the first time but I just think that now there's more acceptance for LGBT gay trans people now than ever right and what's I will say though that that Jack Harlow and Eminem are white yeah that's true not that you know um, I think I don't think black people are any more or any less homophobic than any other race. I would say more. <laughs> I don't think so. Don't I, really, think so? I don't think so. Oh, okay. you, you think about like the conservative people in the South, like you That's know, true. how homophobic. I, I just don't like that stereotype because it, it perpetuates a narrative that there's no statistics to back it up. It's That's just true. like, you know, whatever. It's just, yeah. But I will say that, like, you know, I, I'm curious to know what... Um, Rapper would would have hopped on that, like what a uh, black male rapper would have hopped. Now on that Nas song. did a song with him, yeah, like 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 Big Nas, yeah. But yeah. I'm saying the subject matter was oh a, with the dicks out, different, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ain't doing that. <laughs> Can you imagine Jay Z like, yeah, I'm the best of the best, yeah. And then the next scene is dicks. <laughs> ah, that'd be crazy. Oh, that'd be crazy. It'd be Alicia Keys and Jay Z featuring Lil Nas <laughs> in New Dicks. Concrete penis where dreams are made of. That sounds crazy. Concrete penises. That's oh, crazy. man. Yeah, but this video was hard, man. This video was hard. Just like the dicks in the oh video. My God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but the, yeah. like multiple things are true. Um, here's an article. You know, you know huh? another point, too, is uh-huh. I think I don't how do you know how old he is? I'm not sure, man. I know he's young. Uh, I understand. Like, you know, I don't know when. Uh, He's probably been around for what three years now. That's roughly, wanna, roughly. Because my point has something to do with his age. Uh, I just want to see how old he I is. Got the words in the it's twenty-two. So wow, the um, so young. Old Town Road probably came out when he was probably like eighteen years old, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, but I think that there's there's always been this, especially as pop artists, like there's always been this huge <clears throat> like stepping out. When they become of like of a certain age, you know True. what I mean. Like when they like you see like with the Britney Spears and the the Justin Timberlakes, and you know you got Justin Bieber now talking yeah. about smoking weed and songs and stuff yummy. like that. Yeah, so. that song "Yummy" is it's it's catchy, but he's talking about eating pussy. Yeah, 
She got that yummy. Yeah. Yum. And it's little kids singing I it, heard, not uh, knowing. Lil Nas X made a, uh, a remix called He Got That Come. <laughs> come. <laughs> <laughs> little baby, go to work. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. But no, I just think, I think like that's part of his. I'm an adult now. I'm comfortable with myself. Like, I'm making mm-hmm. this very over the top sexual music. So. Yeah, yeah, he is totally. Um, but there's a good cause tied to this, and it basically says Lil Nas X twerks in, twerks in prison theme industry baby music video and raises funds for the Bell Project. Um, it says uh, the highly anticipated music video for his latest single featuring Jack Harlow, Industry Baby, is here, and all his wretchedness and his fans expected. Then, and then some. Okay, nobody gives a fuck about that. I just want to see where he said stress down. Nah, 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 nah. No. No, it isn't theoretical. No. I hate these articles where it's a bunch of fucking fluff. Mm-hmm. Basically, to make a long story short, uh, he raised funds for the Bell Project. That's dope. Uh, which, is, which is a dope cause, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure if they're doing uh, the same dick handshakes in jail, but I think they appreciate uh, Lil Nas X for what he's doing. <laughs> so, uh, shout out to him. I don't know why right now, but like an article with Kanye popped up with a mask on his face. Did you see that shit? He has like a whole stocking over his face. You didn't see that? Mm-mm. Yeah, he was walking. He was like at some soccer game or some event. And it was like, hey, it's Kanye. Oh, my God. I can't believe it's Kanye. <laughs> and he looked like, you know, when people used to rob banks and put like a, a like a pantyhose or some shit over their face. Mm-hmm. That's what he was wearing on his face. You got the picture? Uh, Fuck. I think I took it off. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kanye. Kanye is, this, uh, I don't know. He's a very interesting person. I'm Mr. Soul Kanye. Straight from the soul Kanye. I got mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> I got mental illnesses. <laughs> yo, I, yo, man. You gotta love Kanye West. I, I just, I don't know why it, it came over me to text Keith this, but the other night I texted him. I said, Kanye West is the most influential man besides Jesus Christ. Yeah. Good night. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> yeah. Kanye true. had people waiting in a freaking football stadium for two hours. Yeah. For him to come out. That's nuts, man. That's wild. I don't understand what Kanye has, but <clears throat> and then Kanye could just do so many things and just move on and nobody questions it. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> Like Kanye literally ran for president, but that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But he was a huge Trump supporter, and then he like distanced himself from Trump. Now he Christian. Now he Christian. That's crazy. This like this nigga. Now he gonna come out and say like, I am a giraffe, <laughs> and they gonna people gonna believe him. Trans animal. I am a trans animal. <laughs> <laughs> oh <wild>. man. <laughs> That nigga's, pro, that nigga's pronoun is uh, like he a black man and a horse, so he a borse. <laughs> I am a borse. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, man. I divorced Kim Kardashian so I could be a trans animal. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Let's switch gears, man. Switching <clears throat> gears. Deion Sanders walks away from an interview. Uh, I hope I got the fucking article. Jeez. It should have it here. Well, to make a long story short, because I can't locate the article for some reason, um, Deion Sanders was approached by, I think it was a Barstool interviewer. Do you have the thing up or not? Mm-mm. Yeah, he was a Barstool interviewer, and he, and he 
uh, opened up the conversation to Deion Sanders and he says, all right, Deion, so how do you feel? He's like, hey, man, don't be calling me Deion, man. You don't call uh, uh, Nick, Nick Saban. Saban. You don't call Nick Saban Nick, do you? And he was like, okay. But mm-hmm. Deion spoke to him in a way <laughs> in which the guy was supposed to already assume uh, uh, what he was supposed to call him, mm-hmm. right? So after that, the guy was just like, the the interviewer and the and the interviewee both had egos because after that he was like okay all right Dion uh, so how do you feel He's like hey man I told you already man you 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 know what man you you know what and he just got up and he left yeah and what I took from that is this what I took from that is sometimes people are so great at something whether it's basketball football um it could be a girl that's super beautiful pretty like sometimes when people are really good at something or known for something that ego that they have bleeds into their life mm-hmm. so they feel almost like everyone should be lucky to see them mm-hmm. right and I love Dion man I think Dion is dope he's the best corner ever <clears throat> to play the game but let's be clear you are still a human being yeah. And and I'm not going to submit to your ego. If you are disrespectful to me, then I'm going to be like, OK, and all right, Dion, like me personally, I will call somebody what they want to be called. Like if they say, hey, I want you to call me Coach Dion, I'd be like, OK, all right, Coach Dion. So how do you feel about this? But you really don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you know, um, especially if you're a person with integrity, you don't have to like dilute yourself in order to make this motherfucker happy mm-hmm. you know and yeah so i think it was definitely ego um uh, and hopefully well he's not gonna learn that's he's Deion sanders <laughs> he's not gonna fucking learn he did and he still doesn't give a fuck i'm pretty sure he doesn't I, yeah I, th- I think when you when you're a guy like Dion, you've been the best athlete um in your class for probably since you was a little kid you you've always been the fastest you went to florida state you know you get drafted you didn't I forgot his combine story, but I think he just ran the 40 and then walked out and hopped in the Mercedes or, you know, some something like like it's first of all, he he's always had an ego. And second of all, like he's always had the skill set to kind of uplift his ego in a sense. I'm sure up in a sense, I, I'm sure there's always been a bunch of coaches that have always said, like, yo, you the, you the best, Dion, like, you know, and, you know, just his, his yes. uh, you know, always getting compensated. Yes. Like he is the best. Um, and then after you retire, you know, you, you still are like um, you still prime time. You still a person that people want to talk to doing interviews and, you know, working for different, uh, you know, uh, NFL, you know, commentating networks and whatnot. Um, it's 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 his he, he's too old for that type of thing to be corrected at this point like to be humble at the to try to humble him at this point it just doesn't, it's too late it just doesn't work yeah so that's one thing and I think that the way he reacted <clears throat> initially when I saw it I was like man it might be true like it might be it might be a thing to where like there's some sort of racial undertone or you know he may be speaking to him like very casually but they don't do that to, to other coaches and then Somebody brought up the the video where they you know they called Nick Saban Nick. It's a like, compilation. So many yeah, so many times. <laughs> I looked up a video with Steve Kerr. I was just like, man, let me just check the check the temperature to see. Right. Especially Steve Kerr being another former athlete and right. you know kind of being in a similar position. Let me see what they what they would say to Steve Kerr. And the first thing they said is, hey, how you doing, Steve Kerr? Or not even Steve Kerr. They hey, were like, Steve. how you doing? Like, how hey, you Steve. doing, Steve? What do you yeah. think, Steve? Yeah, exactly. Called him by his first name. So after that, I was just like, man, this is blown out of proportion. Yeah. I think I think even um, 
even on the reporter end, I think that he kind of stood on something that was not necessarily worth dying for. No, it it's uh you know like Eddie said like if if the man wanted to be I don't know what he wanted to be called if he wanted to be called Coach Sanders or Coach Dion or whatever right. the case may be. Um, you are there to interview interview him. Like right. he's the person that is that you want to get the questions from. So in that case, you could have put your pride aside and called him whatever he wanted to be called. Um, so to to basically have that conversation and then go against his wishes in that way was disrespectful too. Um, but basically, what happened is just two egos clashing, yeah. um, and no one. Uh, no one in the in that party was willing to put their pride aside. Yeah, but it, what sucks too is when you live your whole life, and not to mention when you reply when you <clears throat> refer to yourself in third person, that is all ego. You know, you know when prime, you know as at prime time, he, he liked to get busy, and you'd be like, you're talking about yourself, and he normalized mm-hmm. talking about himself. Mm-hmm. Anyone that talks about themselves in third person is definitely ego driven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the thing about it, man, is I, I never want to be there. I, I, I never want to be that person. I'm not saying Dion's a bad guy, but I'm not going to walk around assuming that everyone should feel like should agree with how great I think I am. Mm-hmm. That's like me saying, like, like, basically, if you don't listen to this podcast, you're an idiot mm-hmm. because this is great. Yeah. And it's like, no, like that's just not how the world works. But mm-hmm. so many people have stroked your ego and a lot of people have probably literally stroked your cock because you're a professional athlete. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because he talked about he had an addiction to women. Girls probably was jacking him off with Jerry Curl juice. Yeah, they probably just rubbing his head, getting the juice and jacking him off. He's like, primetime, love that. Primetime, love when you get the grease and jack me off. <laughs> Anybody talking in third person while they're having sex is crazy. Yeah, jack prime off. <laughs> get prime going now. <laughs> it's prime time, Dick baby. <laughs> Monday night football. I'm going Jerry Rice tonight. <laughs> oh, uh, that's funny. Yeah, that's man. Hilarious. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's weird. But I, I got an article here. If it probably sheds a little more light on the situation, Deion Sanders leaves interview after reporter calls him by his first name twice. Don't do that. Now, it says, uh, while former NFL and MLB player Deion Sanders may have gone by his nickname primetime during his playing days, he re- prefers to be called coach today. And make no mistake about it, according to ESPN Sanders, the head coach of the Jackson State football team, corrected a reporter who referred to him by his first name during a media event on Tuesday. You don't call Nick Saban. Nick, don't call me Deion, Sanders 53 told the reporter from the <clears throat> Clarington Clarion Ledger. If you call Nick Saban Nick, you'll get cussed out on the spot. He continues, so don't do that to me. Treat me like Nick. Uh, Sanders, you just called him Nick, all right? <laughs> Sanders, who led the Jackson State to a 4-3 record last year, uh, then walked out of the event after being Oh, referred- you deserve to be called Dion with a 4-3 yeah, record. 4-3, man. <laughs> Primetime 4-3. His record is his 40-time. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Primetime won four games. You better respect me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, uh, then walked out of the event after being referred to by his first name for a second time. Uh, Clarion Ledger reported Sanders later posted footage of the moment to, to his Twitter account, which showed him walking away from the camera following an interaction with reporter Nick Suss. Um, this dude's name is Nick Sus. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We gotta do better. We gotta do better. That's hilarious. This is just fucking hilarious. <clears throat> but 
I seen when right when I seen this, I went to Twitter and mm-hmm. they had Steve. They had compilation videos mm-hmm. of Nick Saban, Steve Kerr, and a bunch of other coaches. Hey Nick, hey Nick, hey Nick, hey Nick, hey Nick, hey Nick, hey what's up, Phil? Hey Steve, 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 Steve. <laughs> it was all fucking ego. There's a bunch of people, especially That's black, more accomplished. Yeah, it's a bunch of people. Not even that, but it's a bunch of people, especially black people, that jumped out the window because of this shit. Mm-hmm. Because it's Dion said like, oh man, they disrespecting a black man because he a black man. He doing this, and yeah, it's like, nah, bro. Like, yeah. not every situation is like that. Sometimes motherfuckers' egos are so big that they can't believe that the general public is not sucking their cock at all times. Yeah, and that's a problem. Yeah. That's like I don't I don't have expectations of how someone should perceive me. Yes, they should respect me. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not gonna reach. Like if we're cool and I can see that you just doing an interview and you doing your job, then we're good. Yeah. I remember one time I seen an interview with Snoop Dogg, and look, with all due respect, no disrespect to Snoop Dogg, he was about to do an interview, and the dude said, "Oh, you're kind of late." Um, but you, how do you feel about it? it's like I'm late, nigga? Why you gotta say that, nigga? <laughs> I'm here, ain't I, nigga? I'm here. Bitch ass nigga, you lucky I'm here. Like it basically was a, he responded with ego. Mm -hmm. If you really, like you legitimately late, I don't give a fuck how big I get, I would apologize. Mm -hmm. I would apologize, literally. If I'm late to something and it's like, I would apologize to everybody that waited on me. I Mm -hmm. think that that's common courtesy. Mm Mm-hmm. Like if I if if I'm where I don't care if I'm Jeff Bezos whoever if I said I'd be somewhere at 7 p.m. and I don't get there till 7:50, chances are there are probably over a hundred or X amount of people that have been waiting on me to get there. So if I just show up and do it and don't apologize, it's kind of fucked up. Yeah, I think I think some people don't realize how important the media is. So right. um, and I you know I'm not in a position to actually even having a like a real opinion about it. But when I did look up that video. Um, before Steve Kerr took any questions, he was just like, hey, before I take any questions, I just want to say uh, I thank all you guys for coming here. He's like, I know it's been difficult because of COVID and stuff like that. But, you know, I just want to thank all you guys for being so patient with us. Boom. And then he starts his interview. You know, Yeah, 100 percent. I I, what's annoying to me, though, is um, so many people have the same take about situations like this. It's so annoying. Like you go to YouTube and like, well, you know, uh, it'll say like. You cannot disrespect a, a Hall of Famer who deserves to be called what he want to be called. And this and it's just everybody with the same video. Mm-hmm. Everybody. You know what I noticed is a Instagram influencer or a popular person could post some shit that's fucking stupid as fuck. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you push back on it in the comments, everybody's going to attack you mm-hmm. because that's Drake or that's yeah. Meek Mill. And you could be saying you could be making a comment that's very sound and logic. Mm-hmm. But the fact that so many people suck that dude's dick, everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah. w- you a hater. Why you hating on them? Yeah. And it's like, no, like I'm making sound judgment. I don't give a fuck who this person is. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I'm out of bounds, let's say, for example, instead of getting 62 views like we did last week on YouTube, let's say we get 693,000 views. Right. Yeah. And somebody pushes back on what I said and they say, actually, Eddie is incorrect. Be, uh, about something like actually that was done in 1945 and not 1960 something and i look it up i'm gonna go respond to the comment like you know what you're right yeah thank you for finding that mm-hmm. i'm not gonna have an ego and be like man why are you being a hater trying to correct me on everything if i'm wrong i'm wrong yeah the facts are the facts right mm-hmm. not enough people are able to 
go against their own ego, especially when their ego's been stroked the whole fucking their whole existence. Yeah. By the go ahead. No, go ahead. Let's say by the way, you play football. That's great. That's great. You play football. Best corner ever. But like in in the grand scheme of like what you do in the world, it's fucking minor. Yeah, it's not that. Like, <laughs> and once you really and honestly, once you retire from football, like that that the peak of your popularity is not there anymore. Yes. Like we you see a lot of these guys. Like my favorite wide receiver of all time is uh, Terrell Owens. And he's just kind of a shell of himself because he's not uh, he's not an athlete anymore. You know what I mean? He's he's just kind of an older guy. He does he pops up on different uh, sports shows and stuff like that, but he's not running routes in the NFL anymore. So it's you know it's just not it's not the same. So uh-uh. not at all. Um, yeah, if you take anything from this, man, um, be hyper aware of your ego and how it can allow you to move. Because at the end of the day, you are a human being. You live on Earth. You bleed like everyone else. Mm-hmm. So you know, not only not only should you you should be confident in yourself. Mm-hmm. You should be you know you should be like you know what? Hey, I am important. I am the best at this. I am good at this. That's fine. But don't don't let that that idea of yourself project on how you treat others. Because if you just storming out of buildings and <laughs> storming off set because your ego is allowing you to do that. Then that's also a problem. Yeah. Um, uh, switching gears. Smash or pass videos. Now, I'm not sure how many of you guys are familiar with these smash or pass videos, but they're basically uh, a young group of men and women. Right. And these young men and women line up and they walk down a line and basically say if they would fuck the person or not. These videos are all over YouTube and they're trash. Yeah. Like it's, it's terrible. It's almost like live Tinder. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. And it's like the metrics that they choose to say, like they're using smash or pass, like whether you would fuck the person or not. And that's just and it's just terrible. Um, but basically. I it was this video that specifically. And this like there was a short guy, he probably was about five foot six or some five foot five. And each girl was just like destroying him. I'm talking about. Women, co- women complain about body shaming. They're like, oh, my God, I'm just body shaming. And I don't know why men body shame us. And this isn't right. Literally every fucking girl in that video shitted on that dude because he was five foot six. Mm-hmm. They was like, um, you already know why I can't smash. Like, you a midget. Sorry. <laughs> she called him a midget. Literally said, you a midget. Sorry. And she went like this. He's like, sorry, you a midget. <laughs> you, you a midget. Sorry. Was she taller than him? She was taller than him. And then other girls that were barely taller than him were like, yeah, you two, you already know why. I can't do it. Yeah, then the next girl. Then the next girl. <laughs> then the next girl like, yeah, no. Another girl. Mm-mm. Nope. And, and I'm talking about this guy specifically was getting fucking abused. Yeah. Ladies, is that I not? What was, he, what was he acting like? What was he? He just was like trying to play it cool, but it was yeah. fucking him up. I bet, man. It's fucking him up. He yeah. didn't do nothing wrong, but be short. That's fucked up. You, you know what I will say? I'll let you finish. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you remember that example I gave of uh, the Monopoly game where they they did the study to where, or even the 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 test what they did in prisons with the, the uh, correctional officers. Yeah, and, oh yeah. I think there's a correlation here, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, I don't know what the game is like, but the... From what my understanding, it's like the females get to walk up to the men and yeah, say, it's just a line. They, yeah. they one by one they walk to the next dude and be like, smash, 
pass. Yeah. Smack. Like that's all it is. So in that in that moment, they have they are the correctional officer. Or right. They are the person in the Monopoly game that mm-hmm. gets the extra go around every time. Mm-hmm. So I think what happens is you start to you you get a authentic response, but it's almost like this hyper yes you know situation to where they're going to say like the most wild uh, you know, shit. Yeah, because they are empowered or they are empowered in that situation. So. Yeah, and you know I, I notice like this is a regular thing in society. Yeah, where we look at these one sided narratives where women being body shamed, and I'm sure that it's obviously it's a real thing, but women never take note to how much they shame men. Yeah, you, like I, even on dating profiles, they'll be like, "I'm sorry, but if you're not six foot or taller, don't even hit me up." Yeah, you see this shit. I've seen it before. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, like uh, you know, if you're not making at least this much or whatever the case, that like women shame men, ex- either the same rate or just around the same. Yeah, and the reason why I say that too is because they'll go. Like if somebody says something in the comments they don't like, they was like, yep, that's why your dick is little. Then they start shaming a man's penis size. I don't know if women know this, so we need to make sure we make this very clear on the podcast. The average dude's not six foot. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm six foot two and some change. So I represent like 3.9% of men in America. I'm 5'11 and a half. Yes, he likes, he's 5'11, six foot. Yeah. And that, there's only like. If you round it up, you feel me? It's like <laughs> nine. so you're like you're like six percent of america yeah right so think about this ladies think about before you shame a dude for being short right oh by the way the average dude don't got a nine inch dick yeah so that's why it's called an average penis Because most people have it. Most people have balances out yeah Mm -hmm. or you're slightly above average Mm -hmm. or every dude don't got a big dick Mm -hmm. so Women will shame a dude saying he got a small dick and it think nothing of it. Yeah. But if you told a woman like your titty saggy, you overweight. Oh God, they would couldn't fucking take it. And that's the conversation between girls too. Like, oh, oh yeah. I just hope he don't got no little dick. Oh yeah. But imagine if guys was talking around like, yo, I just took this girl out. You know, I met this girl on Tinder. I just took her out on a date. Hope she don't got no dry pussy, man. I yeah, just, just a, know, that's gonna be a deal breaker. I hope it don't. And what's weird too is how comfortable women feel about objectifying dudes. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Like, I know there'll be a lot of pushback from women like, oh, my God, that is what men do. Yes, men totally objectify women. Mm -hmm. That's a big fact. Mm -hmm. But women, y'all do it, too. There's a show called The View. That's a panel of women. And when Nick Foles won the Super Bowl from the Philadelphia Eagles, they talked about a rumor going around that the quarterback Nick Foles had a big penis. Mm -hmm. Right. And they were on The View literally calling him Big Dick Nick. Yeah, they call him Big Dick Nick. They say his dick bigger than anybody on the team. And they was literally having conversations about a man's genitalia that they didn't know. Imagine if me and me and Keith got up here and we talked about a woman and said, I she got I heard she has some wet pussy. That that's some I we call her wet pussy Jessica. <laughs> we would get fucking canceled. Wet pussy Wendy. <laughs> yeah, wet pussy Wendy. You gotta rhyme it. Wet pussy Whitney. Wet pussy Wendy. <laughs> We would get fucking canceled. Uh, so funny. what we have to do is this. We are we are aware of the things that happen to women, you know, whether it be the body shaming or whatever. But stop these one-sided fucking narratives. Because y'all be abusing dudes. Yeah. Completely abusing guys. Yeah. 
You know, it's it's nuts. And man. it'd be the average women that are doing this. Yeah, you average. And yeah. and look, ain't nothing wrong with average. I like average women because I'm an average dude. Mm-hmm. Right? But it'd be the average women thinking that they deserve a nigga up here. Yeah. Right. What if we told women, like they'll be like, if you not six foot or taller, don't hit me. What if I said, if you got more than one kid, I ain't fucking with you? Yeah. What if I said that? You'd be like, oh my God. You're shaming single mothers. If I'm you ain't got C cups, don't call me. If your titties ain't at least a C cup, don't hit me up. Yeah. You can't live in a world that only compliments your arguments or your struggle. Mm-hmm. It's everybody out here struggling. And I know men personally who are not very tall, who have wild insecurities from being short because of how much they've been beat down. Yeah. Like they go on a date, they meet the girl up front and she's like, um, I have to go somewhere. Short. Yeah. And I mean, I had a roommate. He was so he was excuse me. He didn't do much for himself. Like he wasn't working out or anything. Right. He had his uh, a lot of his insecurities lied because he was short. That's sad, you know. And he was really genuinely thinking about doing that that surgery that makes yeah. you taller. That's crazy, and it's, it's crazy how many men go through this shit, and mm-hmm. no one gives a fuck. Yeah. Because when you're a man, you're basically supposed to be built to take abuse. Oh, for sure. You supposed yeah. to be taking. And, and, and it was crazy too, is we live in a world where I've seen this a million times. Where women will say, uh, and it's not all women that say this shit, because there are a lot of women that do appreciate men. But then there are a lot of them that just say shit like men are trash. Men are useless. Do we even need men anymore? Let me be very fucking clear. Okay, 77% of healthcare workers are women. Mm-hmm. 77%. So if a bunch of women didn't decide to show up to work, it'd be a lot of dead motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Right? So with that being said... How dumb would I look saying women are trash, women are useless? Um, Chances are I'm going to have to rely on a woman to save my fucking life. Yeah. Right? So I know that women have value and I should respect women. Yeah. However, it's a lot of women that don't respect men and shit on them, but the very roads you drive on, men built that road. Mm -hmm. The very gas you put in your tank, men drove that flammable gasoline. I'm one of them. Okay? Those skyscrapers you see, men built that shit. Have some fucking respect. That's my thing. It shouldn't just be this one-sided narrative where it's like, and by the way, as a collaborative, we make this shit work. America works based on the contributions of men and women. Yeah. So the thing about it is like, when you say men are worthless, men are trash, you're not talking about us. You're not talking about me and Keith. You're talking about the weak-ass men that you've experienced in your life. You talk about your baby's daddy. You're not talking about us. Yeah, because I'm six feet. Yeah, I'm six foot two. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah man. You know. This is, is a tall podcast. Yeah, that- <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> we ain't talk about your five foot boyfriend. <laughs> I think I I think though overall, I think there's a from from women there's a lack of uh care for the uh the feelings or the gripes of men. I think that true. Um, you know, it's you know, with the whole body shaming, with you know, just even. I, I one of my friends, he was talking about, um, and I don't want to give too much away, but basically, he was having this disagreement with his girl, and um, his girl suffers from you know, like mental health issues in a mm-hmm. sense. But he was saying, like, you know, through their relationship, he had to. Like, he has to manage that. Like, that's part of being mm-hmm. in the relationship. Like, yo, I have to do this. I have to, you know, make sure I care for her, put her in different positions to make sure she's good. Um, you know, listen to her when she when she's feeling a certain way. 
but he was saying like, first of all, that's it, it gets difficult and it's tiring it's at taxing. times. It's definitely taxing. But he's saying I don't get the same respect when mm-hmm. I'm coming to her with uh, with my issues, or if I do come to her about something, it's just a generic like, oh, I'm sorry, baby, I'm I'm here for you if you need me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, th- I think women have a very <laughs> skewed view of what it is to be a man. Like, yeah, they'll say shit like, I wish I didn't have feelings like a man, and you'd be like, what the fuck did you just say? Yeah. You know how many times I've had my feelings hurt by women and I just had to just pick up the pieces and figure it the fuck out? Yeah. Women would be they will women will write a whole audio biography about having their feelings hurt and everybody gotta hear it in kumbaya and hug her and shit. Yeah. But men, we don't get that treatment. We get cheated on, left, we get fucking alimony and shit, child support, all of that. Don't nobody have no empathy for us. Nobody no, cares. Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. That's the, one of the number one things you learn as a man is people do not give a fuck about your feelings that's the thing like and, and as a man you you just almost have to learn to protect yourself yeah at all, at all times no matter if it's a like a friendship or mm-hmm. you know your parents or your your uh, wife or whatever you always have to um do for yourself more than anybody because yeah. i think just in general most people in the world are always going to look out for themselves mm-hmm. so you know when you're a person that is you try to be a genuinely nice person you try to be a giving person a person that helps people um People will take advantage of that. And then sometimes you just got to give them a wake up call like, yo, like, you know, I have real feelings, too. Like, I'm it's cool that you're um, suffering from some sort of, you know, mental health issues. But at the same time, like I also go through things that I need to get off my chest sometimes, too. hundred percent. I just think that I think that it's weird that just society in general, like I feel like emotions, feelings and Shit like that is has been reserved for only women and children. Yeah, and it's like if you're a man, you're you're supposed to be the person that that women lean on. But when it comes time to do it back the other way, they're not even used to it. The, the, w- women women also complain like, why can't men just like express themselves this and that? Because yeah. they've never been given the proper platform to ever do it. When you a little when you a, when you a young boy and you fall down, they say, "Get up! You better man up." Yeah, you get taught that as a young, as a at a very young age. You can't sit there and cry because they're gonna tell you to get up. So from a very young age, you were told to subliminally or indirectly like, "Yo, your feelings ain't the only person feelings that matter is your sisters, not yours." Yeah. Get up, get up off the ground. You could bust your mouth open. Hey, get up. Yeah, that's I, the world that we grow up in. I'm reading this book. Uh, it's called The Relationship Care. Right, and um, it's about like overall relationships, not necessarily like romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. And there's these things called bids. Bids are like basically like it could be, uh, you know, it could be a question. It could be a, a complaint. It could be any of these sort of things. But it's it's like it's um, shaped in the form of some sort of like emotional connection. Right, so right. if I come in here and I'm like, man, work today was crazy. And then we chopping it up about work. Um, so what happens, there's a there's a couple ways that you can react to a bid as a person receiving the bid, right? Mm-hmm. You can either turn towards it, um, turn away from it, or turn against it. Um, for the sake of this conversation, we'll just focus on like turning, again, uh, turning against it or turning towards it. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I'm saying that to say like turning towards it is essentially like engaging in the conversation. Like, hey, I, you know, I, you know, I, I come in, uh, you know, talking about work. You like, man, like what, you know, what happened? Was it the boss? Was it such and such again? Was they tripping? And then we have a whole conversation right, about right. it. Um, turning against it would be like, man, work today was crazy. 
hey, can you hand me that thing that's on the table over there? Mm -hmm. So it's completely like dismissing your opportunity to try to express your day or, you know, Mm -hmm. so what happens. A lot of people do this. Yeah. I say that to say like in a lot of times in relationships, like uh, for men, we're not necessarily um, expressing ourselves in the traditional way. Right. It's not always like, hey, um, you know, I'm stressed I, out. Yeah, I'm stressed out about work. Such and such is doing this. Sometimes it's like, man, I, I just something about today is, is just not going right. Like it's not always the the formal traditional way. It it could be it could be in the shape of like, um, just anything. Like you know, it, we have to. Basically, what I'm saying is sometimes like those bids are not in the traditional way, and it's right. up to our partner to learn enough about right. the other person to understand when. You know when we're when they're trying to bid. I know a lot of married men, and one of the biggest problems, and I don't think women know this shit. And, and this is what you really need to listen to. I'm dead serious. Don't get too comfortable always unpacking your shit on your husband, because he's going through some shit. It could be heavier than what you're dealing with, and you just are way too fucking comfortable unpacking your shit. It could be something minor like, oh, my God, I went to Hobby Lobby. They didn't have the color I wanted. I'm so pissed off. And blah, blah, blah. And you don't know that a buddy of his from a childhood friend just got killed in the drive by or something. Or yeah. you, you may know about it, but it's like he's handling it so well. You assume you could just yeah. dump your shit off when in actuality, you need to be cognizant of the fact that he's not expressing that all the way. Because he might not even feel comfortable about doing it. <clears throat> and that says a lot about you. You should feel like your husband should be able to talk to you. Like you should be you should be not so much offended, but you should be trying to find a way to help him have better mental health. I just yeah. don't I don't think anyone gives a fuck about men's mental health. And when you I don't think when either. you bring it up, they're like, oh, God, poor men, men's mental health. Oh, God. Well, a man, especially a man that is a decent man, there is a stress that comes with providing for your family and being the head of your household and 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 raising kids and paying every bill in a fucking house and doing a dangerous job there. I know a lot of men. There's a guy that I know. He's a fuel hauler, too. And he just had a newborn. And when he comes home after a long day of work, his wife handing the baby right away. And, oh, wow. And, Are you serious? And, and this is a job. Mind you, truck driver is a job that if you don't get adequate sleep, you can fucking die. I said, hey, man, you getting sleep? He was like, oh, man, like I'm trying to get sleep, man. It's tough. I was like, really? He said, yeah, you know, when I get back, you know, the wife, she, you know, she handed me the kid. I got it. It's my turn. I was like, bro, I, I, like, I just told him straight. I said, did your wife not know that if you don't get sleep, then you won't be coming back home? She apparently don't care. And he was like, hey, man, you'll understand one day when you have kids. Well, here's the difference between me and him is this. My wife won't be handing me a fucking baby if I got to sleep to provide. Yeah. If, if you want me to fucking die, I'll watch the baby and I'll never be able to make it to his 18th graduation. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But that's the type of stress we deal with as men is I know dudes that work 16 to 18 fucking hours on a drilling rig that almost lost a finger or some guys that have lost fingers in the oil fields and they get home and their wife is like, oh, my God, you'll never guess what happened to me. It's so annoying. I've been dealing with the baby. all day. I've been dealing with the baby all day. Well, guess what? I almost fucking died at work today. Yeah. I almost lost my fucking finger working 17 hours. That's that's the thing. The thing for me is that objectively there are 
there's a hierarchy of stresses. Right, 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 right. So you gave that example about Hobby Lobby. A Hobby Lobby compared to your boy getting shot is just, <laughs> it's just. It's so fucking yeah. far. So that Hobby Lobby situation is cool. You got to express some stuff, get some stuff off of your chest. Right. But you just got to be mindful of who you're talking to. That's you know just in mean? general. That's mm-hmm. in general. I don't want to, I don't want to suppress women and tell them, oh, just shut up. Like, no, I ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, Bill, before you try to unpack your shit, make sure you make, make sure the person's okay. That's in general. Mm-hmm. I don't be like I don't I don't walk with the people and be like, hey, how's it going? They're like, oh, I'm good. They're like, oh man, you never guess what happened to me. <laughs> that oh, I'm, I'm good so is a, like a, a just a, I guess putting it in dry for them so they could express so all this. They could express hobby lobby issues. I, I hate when people come to me with trivial problems and they make it like it's the end of the fucking world. Yeah, and you're dealing with real shit. I've had people complain to me about little just knick knack this bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I had just found out that my dad had terminal cancer. And I'm I'm coping with that. And then you telling me like, yeah, it's so messed up, man. You know, they doing this and that. I'm just I really want to tell you, like, I want to slap you or tell you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> but I'm not going to do either. I'm going to let you keep talking. Mm-hmm. Right. And by the way, I'm not talking about slapping women. There's some dude that given as an example. Mm-hmm. But it's just weird how people do not ever take the time. And I think it's a habit. Mm-hmm. I think that they've been they've been allowed to express themselves. That's another thing that women need to watch is your whole life. You've been able to express your feelings. And there are people who will give you hugs and support and tell you it's going to be OK. But you do not ever see men with the same convenience. Yeah, they don't. We don't fucking have it. We mm-hmm. just don't. If we started crying in the middle of nowhere, people would be like, what's wrong with him? Is he on drugs? What's what's he doing? What's what's going on with him? I think I think one one thing that uh, I was talking to my boy the other day and he was just going through some stuff with his relationship. And I was just like, man, I think I was joking, but I was like low key serious. I was like, man, we need like a support group for ourselves because he's expressing to me about um, how, you know, certain uh issues in his relationship, you know, also relating to like mental health stuff. It, um, it, it's not like, it doesn't work for him. Like he tries mm-hmm. to, you know, he tries to be there. He tries to work on himself, but it's it's just not working. And, uh, one of the things he was saying was like, if I, if I try to give this person some space, then it looks like I'm leaving mm-hmm. or, but if I'm there, like I put myself in a bad mood. So I was just like, Basically, it's a lose-lose situation. So right. I was just like, man, I think it would be dope because, you know, a lot of us feel that like the same way you do. I think it would be dope for like men just to be able to chop it up. And obviously we do this kind of stuff on a podcast, but mm-hmm. just to, you know, just to chop it up and have like some sort of support system. Because I feel like I feel like we I feel like men, we do chop it up, but it, it has to get to the most extreme I think women could be like they'll they're so um, they'll easily pick up the phone and be like, boy, uh, girl, you don't know what he just did today. Yeah. But I think, man, we hold on to it until it's just like, man, I'm about to get a divorce. Like, it's ugly out here. It's, it's there. Are two, <clears throat> there are two. There is an uncountable amount of platforms that allow women to express themselves mm-hmm. and they are venting like men are just not on our level and men are this and. This is crazy. And men are that you got the view and you got all these other shows where it's a panel of women talking and all of this. That really doesn't exist with men. Yeah. There are no. What's the male comparable to the view? I don't know. There's There's nothing. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Women, 
have the platform to express themselves and have a whole audience of women that are clapping like men are just worthless clap 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 men don't get it together clap 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 and it's like what is this <laughs> this is like and some of it is like um is shaded as feminism, but that's not feminism. Yeah, that's, bashing men is that's, not feminism. Fa- bashing men is not feminism. That's just male hate. Yeah, I think also you have to be careful. Like, I don't think that you should. Um, I think that you should value women, but I think that more women need to step up and value men and what men have to offer. It doesn't yeah. make you less of a woman to say, hey, I appreciate those crew of 40 construction workers that have been working on the highway for the past two years. I've been seeing them from sun up to sun down using um, pickaxes and shovels all day long. So when you say men are worthless or men are not on our level, I want you to look at those men and tell them that. Go up to a crew of construction workers that have been working 17 hours that have traveled to be away from their families and tell them that they're worthless. Or the guy that's, you, your, I don't know if he's your coworker or not, but somebody that you see around the truck you mm-hmm. know, space um, that's, working and then coming home and taking care of the baby like tell him that you're not doing nothing you just he's worthless i think that people are suffering suffering from like proximity issues and what i mean by that is if you ever hear a dude and the dude said man these hoes ain't shit or you hear a woman that say man men are worthless or men are trash they're looking at their experience as reality yeah like you need to do better that's the problem the problem is is that your experiences have came because of the energy that you're on and the energy that you accept. Mm-hmm. So you've made a choice to allow these people to like infiltrate your energy. You can't blame nobody but yourself. I'm so I, I, I empathize with women from a sense of like, I know maybe your child's father is a piece of shit. Maybe he don't pay child support. Maybe he's a loser. Maybe he don't respect women. All that stuff. Right. I empathize from that far. But don't you dare put that idea on every oh, everybody. Dude. Yeah, that's I th- ridiculous. I think um, the thing that's sad for me is hearing your boy's situation, like um, that he's adopted that mentality himself. Right. Like it's not it's not even just society. It's like he's probably heard, you know, hey, you have to be the father. You have to be the father. You have to right. work. You have to provide. Mm-hmm. He's probably heard that so much that he thinks it's normal to mm-hmm. have to work 15 hours and then come it's home not. and take care of the kids. It's only 24 hours in a day, man. Let me tell you something here. For a lot of the, for a lot of people that that buy into this whole men are trash or whatever, there's a dude that I met and I forgot where I met him. It was in it was in L.A. but it was I can't remember what city. Um, and I was picking up a load. I was doing dry van that day. I was pulling a 53 footer, and I ran into a dude that was pulling for I think he was pulling for FedEx. I could be wrong. But he was an over over the road guy. So when you're over the road, you're not ever home. You might get maybe two, maybe a day or two home a month max. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> and I, I asked him for some help to help me with something. Something was going on with the with the fifth wheel, and I had him come over and help me out. And I was like, I appreciate it. So then we start talking. And during the conversation, he told me that like, man, he talked about his kids don't like him. None of his kids like him. Mm-hmm. He said my kids don't like me. He's like my wife really, she don't really like me either. And I was like, how long you been over the road? He said, shit, probably their pretty much their whole life. He's like, I got one. He got, I got one that's twenty three. He said, I got one that's nineteen. I got one that's seventeen, and they already don't like me. So he has sacrificed a relationship with his children to provide for them, and they fucking hate him. So it's crazy. And I'm I thinking about it, and it's like, yo, 
Like this is the type of shit that men go through. Mm-hmm. Is that over the road truck? Do you know how many over the road truck drivers that I know that have came home to their wife sucking a dick when they got home? One of the dudes blamed himself for not being there. He's like, I was never really home, so I get it. <laughs> so you blaming yourself? No, you didn't have a solid wife, bro. Like it's like it's just crazy how much men will how many men that I know that I know that I've talked to countless amounts of truck drivers that have mentioned how they've been cheated on by their wife and how they got divorces. One driver also told me he was about to marry this woman and $84,000 came up missing from his uh, bank account, mm-hmm. $84,000. And I just felt bad for him because the guy just didn't look happy. Um, he was really overweight and he just looked depressed. Yeah. And this is the type of shit that goes on. Mm-hmm. And no one gives a fuck. Nobody cares. Like I, my thing is, is I care about women's mental health. Mm. I care about, you know, um, them from the aspect of also I wouldn't be where I am today without women. I'm talking about my aunts. Yeah, you know, for sure. You know, the mm-hmm. women in my family who have helped me even be where I am. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think enough women really give a fuck about men. And I think that the this this idea of, you know, not even feminism now, just the nonchalant comments made just makes me believe that, like, yo, this shit is just not OK. Yeah, that's so sad, man. And the, the, the thing about it, too, is that I feel like I start stuttering right there. But the thing about it, too, is <laughs> Chip and Dale, Rescue Rangers. Remember that show? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing about it too is there's the, there's a lot of these like mental health adv- advocates out here, you know, right, they're, right. they're preaching um, to the masses about what we should do and you know how people can you know get uh, seek therapy and all this kind of stuff. But the the ready and available situations for a lot of these things, <coughs> uh, people are not people are not doing. I don't think that you know as we talked about relationships like for for your boys mental health or any of those truck drivers mental health um the best thing those their partners could do in those situations is hold down the house and yeah. not step out on them but you know because they're a man and because they're on the road and they're providing uh you know that's some sort of crime in there or that justifies or that gives them the license to go out and uh you know suck some dick or whatever um that's yeah. just kind of what happens just honestly just honestly I would say the average person's not built for a relationship. That's not an indictment on women. I just think the average the person, person. Mm-hmm. is not built for a relationship, mm-hmm. uh, especially in this, in this new day and age. I think that, you know, people are infatuated with options. I think that um, they're looking for any reason to step out. I think that people like aren't excuse. People aren't whole by themselves. I don't, I don't think that people even know who they are. I think the average person has not even spent a year single. Some mm-hmm. people within four months, two months, they're already with the next motherfucker. So yeah. they, they're 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 basically they don't even know themselves. They don't even know themselves. They're yeah. basically um, they're taking every toxic trait from each they're person carrying carrying. It's like a, <laughs> a connecting flight. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's right. Like, it, yeah, exactly. It's like it's like Delta. <laughs> like fucking delta stop yeah. bringing stop bringing <clears throat> spirit airlines to this relationship okay <laughs> <laughs> so i was like 
<clears throat> yeah, yeah, the average person, man. Yeah, the average person's not built for it. And when you leave and you do, you do like there's certain situations or scenarios that reveal the seriousness of a person. I think this is true for men and women. Yeah, I, I remember I was talking <laughs> to my boy and he was he was kind of venting to me and I was telling like the 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 um the thing that you told me you're saying like everybody is cool you know obviously like you start off cool and you'll probably have a good idea of like you know your partner and if that will be a potential like uh uh like a boyfriend or girlfriend um but everybody's situational so you don't know exactly you know Mm -hmm. the true character of that person until you're put into specific situations and that situation may only arise you know the after she's your fiance, or after right. he's, you know your fiance, it could take whatever. years. Mm-hmm. It could take years, man. Mm-hmm. There's so many things, and I'll, I'll sneak this in there before we close this topic out. And there's another statement that I've been hearing a lot that's so fucking inaccurate, and it's um, men are intimidated by strong women, right? Mm-hmm. That's another one that's just it's just inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Like what's weird is is men need a woman they could lean on. Mm-hmm. when shit gets fucked up. We need to know that you're not going to fucking run off when times get tough. Mm-hmm. It takes a strong woman to stand right there with you and not run the fuck off when all the money's gone. 84000 Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to if we die, we need a woman that can carry on our legacy and not make us look stupid when we're not here anymore. Mm-hmm. So the the whole notion of just all this shit that's going around is just bullshit. Yeah. So it's just the, just the overall idea. It's something to think about, folks. Yeah. All right. Uh, switching gears. Um, the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, recently, the Cleveland Indians went under a name change. There's some people that are unhappy about it, but there's that. Here's why Cleveland chose Guardians for the new name. <clears throat> Cleveland selected Guardians at this new name, uh, team name beginning in 2022 on Friday, culminating a project that saw nearly 1,200 potential choices to replace their franchise's previous moniker. Friday's announcement came seven months after Cleveland announced it would be dis- it would discontinue the use of use of Indians and its mascot following the 2021 season. In 20 in, tw- in 19, <clears throat> Cleveland announced it would stop the use of Chief Wahoo logo on its uniform. So how did Cleveland and the land the Guardians as its new team name? The mascot pays homage to the Guardians of Traffic statues near the Progressive Field in Cleveland. Located uh, on the Hope Memorial Bridge, Cleveland owner Paul Dolan noted Friday he hopes the name Guardians helps unify our fans in city. Okay, there's a lot of pushback for this from people. They're like, oh, my God, I can't believe cancel culture and people are so sen- they're so sensitive and blah 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 and it's like dog we when we start talking we never reference the historical context of things we always look at the current moment and say that people are overreacting Mm -hmm. right what if we had a team called the washington white boys what if we had a team called the carolina karens right carolina karens (laughs) the thing is that like if native americans have a fucking problem with it why the fuck has it not been changed here's the thing 90% 90% of Native Americans died from smallpox. You almost wiped out a, a whole, and just us showing up to the Native land with measles and different diseases, 
almost wiped them the fuck out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we turned them into a mascot. Yeah. Like, what if we had the... Uh, uh, the New England, the, the New England slaves, right? <laughs> <laughs> like people, like it's weird that you're mad that they want to take a logo off, but it's a stereotypical logo: yeah. a big nose, red skin with a fucking feather in his head. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't stop there. We have this fascination with these logos. Like you got the Florida Seminoles, and 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 the song for them is whoa, 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 whoa. like that's the song. Mm-hmm. Then you got um, uh, 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 the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Then you got the Cleveland Indians. Mm-hmm. Then you got the Washington Redskins. Yeah, the football team now. Yeah, Washington football team now, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, it's the woke culture and this the woke culture." And it's like, well, let's be clear: people don't always have to be okay with something that started off demeaning. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, they had a soap pad called Nigger Boy Soap Pad. And it's a picture of a black kid, but it's actually uh, from a minstrel show mm-hmm. with blackface and red lips to sell products. They got. Ni- Don't listen to me, YouTube listeners and or viewers or SoundCloud. Go to Google, look up Nigger Boy toothpaste, look up Nigger Boy soap pad, and that's what was on there. Mm-hmm. But when the name like Cleveland Indians for some reason that shit stuck, and here we are in today's world, and we're like. When you do something wrong for so long, you just think it's right. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's how a lot of those, and obviously it's primarily white people that don't want the name change, but that's how they've operated throughout history. Like, right. you know, I'm sure there were some people that didn't want to end slavery because it's just what they grew up on. Right, yeah. It's, it's Southern values. <laughs> the South will rise again. Yeah, this, ain't, ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of slave. <laughs> I don't see nothing wrong with a little bit of slave and grind. <laughs> yeah. I think there's. Wait, I, is that an R. Kelly reading? R. Kelly, yeah. <laughs> I don't see nothing wrong with a little slave and grind. <laughs> That's oh, crazy. Man. Slavery's part of my heritage. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man just imagine if you remade some of these these songs i believe i can slay <laughs> damn oh man oh man that's what's nice. the name of his album what tw- 12 play or something like that yeah what if it was just called 12 slaves oh <laughs> dang oh man yeah but shout out to crazy times man yeah but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think it's uh it's one of those things that people. I think we we said this when we spoke to Chris Flail. Like people just don't like change when no, something don't. is uh, when something is comfortable. Um, and this is like a character trait. I think that some people. I'm sure those people that you know are disappointed in the name change are people right. that love routines. They love yes. you know waking up, getting their coffee. Uh, reading the newspaper, heading to work. Do mm-hmm. the, you know, they get home, do the same thing the next day, you know, five days a week. Um, so when something disrupts that, it's probably uncomfortable for them. So that's a fact. Also, the same thing with with this name change. I think that you know, first of all, they they're uncomfortable with change, and then secondly, they're just uh, indirectly speaking to their racist, you know, nature. And I think that's like, cause I seen some guy that was like, like same thing you said, like, Oh, this is woke culture. Cancel culture is getting our favorite teams out there. And one guy was even saying like, this is actually, um, uh, like, 
not inspiring, but they were saying something about just promoting Native American culture or something like that. Like, Meanwhile, mm-hmm. there's like 50 Native Americans standing outside of all these stadiums, yeah. you know, telling them to change to the change name. To change it down, yeah. but you ain't giving a fuck. Yeah, exactly. And here's the thing. And when, when Keith mentioned white people, I think people will stop right there and be like, oh God, two black guys talking about white people. Mm-hmm. They just being racist. There they go. Let's be clear. Black people have never had the fucking power to say, we're going to make a logo. We're going to, first of all, ain't no black people owning no teams, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they're not having the power to come out with a team called the Cleveland Caucasians. Okay. Yeah. So there's only, as far as the power dynamic or the power of uh, the, 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 the element of it is they, black people have never had, Native Americans and black people have never had the power to own a team and call it another race. Yeah. Like, <laughs> imagine if Native Americans came out with a team and they called it, uh, I don't even know. Uh, the the Baltimore Bobs. I don't know. <laughs> Think about how weird that'd be if it just be a logo of a white dude with a comb over named Bob. Yeah, and he's the fucking logo. Or I think that like just in general, like I don't know if there's like an archetype for white people, but maybe mm-hmm. like the like a subset of Caucasians, like Italians or something like that. No, you can't do Italians. That's a totally different culture. They're like, still considered white, though. What I'm saying is, yeah. it's it it leans more into like what there's an archetype for like you know the whole you yeah. know t- tank top and the yeah. slick back like what if that was the, yeah, the mascot you, you could have uh the new the, uh, the new jersey tonys the new jersey tonys hey yeah. tony hey i got and a football the mascot team would be, would be spinning pizzas like no. <laughs> hey tony <laughs> i got a fucking football team now <laughs> we're coming up in the world tony here's my uncle paulie <laughs> The movies depict the like Italians like so like stereotypical. Yeah, it, it's always a motherfucker named Paulie Tony. Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, the people like, well, these guys just talked about white people being racist, and then they made fun of Italians. Yeah, I can see people in the comments, man. That's the thing that's funny about YouTube is people will hate listen. Like they'll enjoy what you're saying as long as you're saying things that mirror how they feel. But then when you talk about something else, they're like they want to cancel the whole person. Mm-hmm. There are some people that I not the fondest of, but I still found truth in what they're saying. Like Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Ben Shapiro. He says a lot of bullshit, but he says a lot of things that I agree with. So mm-hmm. I don't cancel him as a whole person. Mm-hmm. Even Candace Owens. I think Candace Owens is a buffoon most times, but she says some shit that was true. Mm hmm. But I just think people lack the objectivity. They're going to look at us and be like, they're making fun of Italians. My mom, I'm third generation Italian. Yeah. I love pizza. (laughs) No, I think if you did that, it would be like a cannoli or something. Like a cannoli or uh, 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 a... Oh, I'm tripping. When you said Tony's, you're thinking of the actual pizza company. No, I was that that wasn't I didn't make that connection, but oh. I was just saying the ma- like that would be like the stereotypical mascot for oh. an Italian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be fucked up. You know somebody thinking about black folks, like what would it be for black people? What would it be? I don't know. They probably say it'd be like a gun or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> the Georgia guns. <laughs> yeah, that'd be crazy. It'd be some stereotype. The worst stereo every I think every race has the worst stereotype. That would be <laughs> like the, they all have the worst one. Black people is like violence and fried chicken or some bullshit. 
white people is like uh i don't know uh privilege and comb overs and racism yeah. and shit <laughs> that would be wild if that yeah. what if we just really what if what if instead of changing the the indians we just made other teams like different races too Oh yeah, you have like the Cleveland Crips or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh dang, <laughs> the the New Orleans Norteños. What if you? Had, what if they call like if you were in like the San Diego? It'd be like the San Diego Walls. <laughs> That'd be hella fucked up. That'd be fucked up. Um, and then <laughs> the Baltimore Blackies. <laughs> <laughs> the Baltimore crack epidemic. Oh my God, that's bad. <laughs> Hashtag cancel Keith. Cancel Keith 2021. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, man. But <clears throat> I think the name is pretty clever. It comes from um, having actual statues of guardians near the highway, which I think is dope. And I think the yeah, logo is cool. fucking dope. I'm totally going to buy that hat. Yes, it looks good, man. Yeah, I like it. Um, I I was a big hat guy. Like I still wear hats now, obviously, but I was a more I'm more of a hat guy back in high school. Mm-hmm. I had so many hats. I had like the Toronto Blue Jays and the New York Yankees and the Dodgers. I had every fucking hat. Yeah, like, I had so many hats. What happened? They just kind of. Um, I don't even really know. I think I just had them for a while. They got old. I started nice. tossing them. Yeah, but really, if you have good fitted hats, you can keep them for a very they can last long time. For a while. Oh yeah, it's you know obviously you be seeing guys at the Dodger games with hats they've had for 30, 40 <laughs> yes. years. Yes, yeah. yes. As long as you like take care of them, you know you 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 clean them and you put them away. Mm-hmm. If you sweating in them regularly, you're gonna have to toss them out. Yeah, because that like that that this, sweat st- sets that, in. That part in the bill it starts stinking. Yeah, like this is well, I just recently got this hat. You just got, yeah, I was like, I, I seen that's a snapback. Yeah, it's a snap. That's clean. Yeah, I, and I was like, I'm I never want to get Dodger snapbacks, but this looks like a fitted from the front. Yeah, it does. You can't tell. You until can't you tell. Turn it around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think they they did a good job of like you know taking this the the the, the, <clears throat> the shaping of the hat and making it. And, and it, the, the bill kind of shapes naturally too. Mm-hmm. Instead of you having to like fold it, but yeah. with, with a snapback, because of the back, it kind of like bends it a little. Yeah. Bend in it from the back, huh? Yeah, bend in it from the back like a Dodger cap. <laughs> Twerk something for a real nigga. <laughs> for a six foot two nigga. <laughs> yeah. Not your five foot boyfriend. <laughs> I'm not your five foot boyfriend over here. Oh, man. That'd be crazy. But you know, it'd be fucked up. What if you like six foot five? This this would be fucked up because I just talked about the whole shaming tactic and mm-hmm. how it's not okay to shame men. But what if you like six foot five and your dick is like this? Dang! Now you just a six foot five nigga with a little ass penis. We t- <laughs> we talked about not assuming though. Don't make no assumptions. Just be surprised when he let his pants down and it's two inches. What if what if he like I'm gonna tear your ass up and the girl's like Oh my god I'm so scared and then he pulled it out and then I just went home. <laughs> <laughs> That's That's crazy. I'm sure it'd be a lot, of, especially like guys in the NBA, because there's this idea that, you know, you know, pretty much everybody in the NBA is six foot and above. You got yeah. you know, seven footers on the court, dude, you're like six eleven and stuff. So I'm sure it been, it's been a lot of like disappointed females like, man, he was six, eight. But when he got into the bedroom, it just didn't. It just he didn't was six foot him. eight, but he got in the bedroom. He was five foot six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was man. crazy. All right, man. Switching gears. Um, content creators having expectations. Um, 
just last week, me and Keith put up a YouTube video for the very first time, just trying to expand the content to a whole new platform. Mm -hmm. And moving to YouTube, we just didn't have expectations. We, we just felt like our only objective is to spread this content on as many platforms as possible. So the people that do listen, they could tell a friend and tune in and we could get that organic growth, mm -hmm. right? Um, but a lot of content creators act like like they got the best shit ever. And if you don't listen to it, then you a hater. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's counterproductive. <clears throat> there are some content creators that even tell you how you should consume their content. It's like, yeah. no, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. You, you, all you can do is put out the content, do your best, make sure you're not wasting the listener's time and then put it out. Like even now, like me and Keith, we have these conversations, but we try to be organized. We have notes and things of that nature because that's what really matters. What really matters is the people that take the time day in, day out to listen to your shit. They could be doing anything else, you know, but the fact that they listen to your punk ass, you should be a little bit more respectful to people. Yeah. But a lot of content creators like ain't enough people listening and they not doing this and they not doing that. Like you're never going to make it with that attitude. Yeah. You know? And also, don't be telling your people that are like, you know, giving you good feedback. Don't tell them what to do. No. Like if, if it, we have on every app that is in your phone, there's some sort of sharing right. mechanism. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Whether it's TikTok, uh, whether it's uh, Instagram, whatever, there's all there's sharing features everywhere. So we understand as consumers of, you know, electronics, Androids, I iPhones and stuff, we understand if we really want to share something with somebody, if it's dope, if it's information, if it's um, something conducive to their life or whatever the case may be, we know and fully understand how to do that. Mm -hmm. But don't like, you know, there's some times where um, uh, people will get on Instagram and they'll be trying to force you to like if you, um, you know, you hit somebody in their inbox and be like, yo, that's dope. You know what I mean? I, you know, I keep doing what you're doing, whether it's a, mm -hmm. a music video or a piece of art right. or whatever. And then they'll be like, hey, I appreciate it. Could you go subscribe to my YouTube channel? It's just like, I, I get it. You know, that's Let part of- Let me do that on yeah, Let me do it by myself. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. don't be for, and, and, and even like, we used to do it, you know, also as far as like sharing the podcast and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I think even that is played out now. Like yeah, we don't do I had, that I, had a, uh, I had somebody that they were like sharing content with me and it was like at first it was cool. Like I'm like, yo, you know, of course I'll support you. I'm going to subscribe mm -hmm. to your channel and stuff like that. But then it happened like a couple more times. And I'm like, yo, bro, like this content is not even like my interest. Like it, it's not anything that I would actually watch outside yeah. of like what you got going on. So mm -hmm. I'm just like, you know, like save that. Let me like, let people come to you organically. And I think True. that's what we, we've been trying to create over here. Ultimately, <clears throat> like when quite a while ago, towards the beginning of the podcast, I would just send people links. I would just like get a group of people and just send them links and just send them links and then send them links. I did that for weeks mm -hmm. and then I just stopped doing it. Right. And my, my purpose behind that was I didn't want to overly solicit the podcast, but I had to let people know that, Hey, I have a podcast. It exists. There's still yeah. a lot of people that don't even know yeah. that we have a podcast. Yeah. Right. And I think over time, people finally click one of those links that I sent them and was like, wow, this is actually good. Yeah. This is actually two guys that give a fuck about having conversations. Let me check them out. Yeah. But it took that. And then now we don't, you know, the numbers are continuing to go up higher and higher and higher. This is the highest the numbers have ever been. Mm -hmm. Right. And 
it just took the test of time and people actually giving a fuck. Yeah. Okay. For example, this is the type of feeling I want people to have. So listen up. This is exactly how I want people to feel when they listen to the podcast. Just yesterday, I found this kid, right? That he's like rock and roll and rap. His name is Mario Judah. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of him? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, this kid named Mario Judah, I, I, like he has some uh, song. He he remixed this song by uh, um, Trippy Red and I forgot who else. It's called Mr. Rage, right? And he remixed it, and I just hear him screaming. I was like, this guy sounds kind of dope. So I went through a little wormhole and listened to his music, and I'm like, this dude is fucking dope. So I'm going through songs. I'm listening to the next song. I'm like, yo, this shit is dope. This guy is like a rock and roll artist almost, but he's like rapping too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this shit is cool. But that's how I want people to feel when they get to the podcast. I want them to have an experience like, wow, this is dope. This is something I could listen to in the morning. I could share this link with my friends. If if Eddie or Keith says something that was pretty thought provoking, boom, let me send this to my cousin. They need to hear that. Mm-hmm. Like this is that's the type of reception that I want us to have. So you can't get that type of reception if you bugging people all the time. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to force people to listen to your content to a certain way, if you're having these crazy expectations. What you have to understand is when you first start anything, no one gives a fuck. Mm-hmm. You're not Drake. You're not you're not any of these people with the big platform. You are a local uh, podcaster, a local artist, whatever you are. Without a cosign also. W- without a cosign. You're just a dude right now. Mm-hmm. So just con- put that energy, instead of being mad at people for not catching your platform, put that energy into getting better microphones. Put that energy into make getting a better audio equipment for your music that you're trying to put out. Put that energy into being a better creative. I think I think one thing that I um sort of started doing with the podcast, obviously I love, you know, just having conversations about stuff, but right. one other shift that I had and just the way I approached it was um as an example of all, all the 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 Gary V's and the right. Eric Thomases and all these the Russes and all these guys like yo just keep putting out content and people will find it all these like you know uh, things that you see on Instagram or whatnot mm-hmm. I just had to see if it was real you know what I mean because it it sounds cool just saying it obviously these people are famous they 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 have uh you know recouped a lot of money they're they're wealthy. And it sounds good. It just sounds good rolling off your tongue as far as, far as like, you know, just kind of speaking to a camera. Right, or whatever. Right, right, right. But I was like, like I had to see for myself, is this legit? So, you know, for me, if, you know, if we uh, when we get to where, where we're trying to go, I can say the same thing. I can say like, yo, I looked up to these people or I listened to these people speak. I just, you know, stayed at it. I, you know, invested in myself, blah, blah, blah. And this is the results of that. So. Yeah, but I think that that's becoming less and less true in regards to the, oh, just put out content, people to catch it. Instagram is one motherfuckers to pay for ads now. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about this on the podcast, like that back in the day, you could put out content and it would grow organically. But no one's really going viral anymore or growing their platforms like that because yeah. they want you to pay for that shit. Yeah. Like now I post something and, and if that post goes crazy, they're like, you should promote this. Yeah. They just want bread. Yeah. Which is crazy. But but I don't even think I don't think that promote. Well, I, I don't know exactly. But I feel like for me, when I see something that's um, that goes crazy, it's always from people sharing it in some, in some shape or form. Like even like I think the most recent uh, like Instagram comedian that I've seen 
um, Rise is Xavier TV. Yeah, he's one of them. And a lot of that happened organically. But like he got a co-sign too. That's what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. people was just sharing it in inbox, and somehow it ended up in like a Bino Rideau's inbox or you know whatever other LA rapper or mm-hmm. whatever. And then you know all of a sudden you start going crazy. So, mm-hmm. but I, I'm, I'm saying like that's that's what I see more so because the promoted posts that I do see. 90% of the time, it's just not good content. No, it's not. And and here's the thing, man. What I mean by that, too, is Instagram controls the amount of attention and likes that you get for the content you put out. That's mm-hmm. a fact. And mm-hmm. I heard Andrew Schultz talking about it. Shout out to yeah. Andrew. But what I noticed, too, is like if I post something to the story, I post it with intention of reaching the people that follow uh, the, uh, the Instagram page and there's some times where it's getting a bunch of different eyes on it, which is which is what I want just to get the content out. And it's other times where it's like Instagram restricts it. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I posted something from the podcast and in like 23 hours, only like 26 people seen it. That's crazy. Uh, and then I, I sent them a message. I, I said, hey, you guys need to stop shadow banning the content. This is getting ridiculous because mm-hmm. you could send them a suggestion or whatever it is. And then the next day I posted something and it got like 240 people looking at it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow. So I wonder if Instagram, like people that work there really see it. Mm-hmm. One time, this is how I know Instagram is watching everything and that they're controlling and, and how it's becoming worse for content creators. I posted this meme. It was this girl that was like, she would think she was Muslim, <clears throat> and but she was thick, right? Mm-hmm. She had a big old booty and it said like, Girl, you looks good once you bag that ass up. And it said like the country, like Baghdad. But she was like in almost in a twerk position. And I posted it like as a joke. And it said uh, it flagged it like immediately. Mm-hmm. It said mm-hmm. Islamophobia or something like mm-hmm. that. Like it stopped it and it was in red. It wouldn't even let me post it. That's crazy. I was like, how are they seeing this? Mm-hmm. So it, there's there's a group of people that work for Instagram that are blocking shit off. And then here's the thing. Instagram's weird too because they'll shadow ban a content creator, but there'll be somebody with their nipple showing through a t-shirt and they don't get flagged. Yeah, with the ass showing. I'm talking about like, like vagina lips showing through leggings, mm-hmm. and you seeing girls walking around with a big wop, and that's appropriate content. Yeah, what it is is it's not appropriate, but it's driving their numbers. It so, keeps people engaged. It keeps people engaged because men are like zombies. They be like titties, ass, titties, huh? Yeah. Uh, men are pathetic. Mm. Like <laughs> mm. they're pathetic from a sense that they can't control their like urge. Squirrels, huh? Yeah, they're like squirrels on nuts. Like mm. they they can't control their urge to keep they 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 follow any Instagram uh, a model or influencer with nice titties and a nice ass. They just follow and follow and follow and follow. You know what I get annoyed, especially here locally, like mm-hmm. when you some this person could actually be like uh, like somebody you have met, like through, right. you know, shooting videos or somebody that's actually your friend. And then right. you see like the same guys popping up on every single girl. Yes. Like thing. you just like, yo, like you. I know for a fact you don't know this person. No. So we got to do a better job of controlling ourselves. man. <clears throat> Yeah. Just in general. Like we've all had times where I've talked about when I was being thirsty on Instagram and following every chick with nice titties and a big booty and yeah. liking photos and putting like back in the day, put like a peach emoji in the comments or some shit. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That wasn't even me. Yeah. That's not even me. So that was horny Eddie. Yeah, that was super horny Eddie. I was subscribed on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I was subscribed to thick 
thick black and brown women, thick, yeah, black, thick Latinas. I remember and I would it, see your your, your likes. The yeah, likes would it, show on Facebook. Likes would always show on Facebook. Eddie likes thick yeah, Latinas. I'd be like, this man's wild. And I'd be like, and it was embarrassing that people were seeing that. That's crazy. I unsubscribe to all that shit. I don't. I don't even have any. I don't even. I'm not even on dating sites. I'm off, I'm off everything, dude. That's funny, man. Yeah, man. Thick Latinas. Eddie liked it. Yeah. That's so. That I think that um, social media's did a terrible job at uh, privacy for, yeah, for people did. early on. There was my my before my cousin actually came out. I knew that he was gay because. When you look at there was like a section on Instagram where you could see the stuff that people like. It's still it's still there, I think. No, I, well, I, I they were, that section that I'm talking it about shows is the not, pictures they liked. No, it's not there no more. The thing that I'm talking about. Oh, um, I know but, what you mean though. But um, he was liking guys' pictures. It was like a bunch of Justin Shirtless. Bieber looking niggas. Yeah, and wow. I was like, oh dang, it's, it's my man's. Just, you know what I'm saying? My man's is gay. But yeah. you know, he didn't he didn't come out until a while later. And it, I just think for like. For somebody, maybe he didn't want to come out at a certain time or like, you know, I didn't, I didn't press him about it. I didn't even speak to him about it. But if he was, you know, having this uh, this rollout for his, you know, his coming out or whatever, it kind of like ruined it. You know what I mean? I remember back in the day, like some people, they do. You could tell that they <clears throat> they, they have some tendencies because I remember I used to follow the game back mm-hmm. in the day mm-hmm. and I unfollowed him after I seen that picture where he posted his draws with his dick print all out yeah that's a lot of niggas that fo- and, unfollowed and, him during that era yeah I totally unfollowed him and, but then you'll see one of the dudes you know that you might think might be gay and they hit the like button nah he's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the like on a dick pic oh man <laughs> the game is weird man he's a strange person yeah he's a very strange very strange guy let's, let's hurry and wrap this up because I know you gotta get out of here um, we'll finish with this one last quick ep- uh, episode. I think I'm good. They, they, huh? They moved the. They did till tomorrow. So really, we could, yeah, we could rock. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. See, we do this podcast. You know, we love doing it, but I'm I'm very cognizant of people having things to do. You know, Keith's trying to make some big moves in his life, man, and I'm pulling for him. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading it. Tech, my bad. Yeah, so Keith didn't give a fuck about what I said. I turned against your bid. I was a sentiment. Yeah, you sure did. You'd be like, how about them Dodgers? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, you know, we're trying to elevate out here, man. Imagine if you ignored a woman. Like, imagine if you just give a woman just so much pleasure. She's like, oh, my God, I'm having an orgasm. You'd be like, oh, how about them Dodgers? You see uh, turning it Turning against during sex. That's wild. She's like, oh, my God. He'd be like, oh, man, he just hit a home run. That's a home run now. It's a, the most <laughs> hilarious experience that we have about turning against. And I, you guys, like, for you guys out there, and like I said, this book is called The Relationship Cure. It's not necessarily about romantic relationships. Like, even if you're having... Um, like issues with your mom or issues with uh, your siblings or whatever, like also your your girlfriend, wife, whatever. The book is interesting. Um, it's not the it's not the end all be all. Like it's not going to you know fix all of your issues in a relationship, but it's it's one thing that it just kind of promotes a healthy uh, way of communicating with your partner. Um, but I suggest you know anybody out there to read it. It's called the Relationship Cure. All right, all right, Keith. Stop yeah. pl- stop plugging books, man. <laughs> Got things to do. All right, switching gears. Doctor Dre paying his wife. Oh, what? A, sorry to cut you off, but I was going to. And you know this situation. There's a situation where we was we was uh, helping someone move, and I can't say the situation exactly, but 
I maybe one day, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, okay, keep going. We were we were moving the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah gotcha. I can't say the situation, but mm-hmm. maybe one day on the podcast. That's the most the 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 best example of turning against someone that. Oh my know, god, that I've seen. That uh, shit was fucking epic, man. <laughs> that shit was textbook. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, person might as well have been dead to him. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh man. Okay, go ahead, man. I'm sorry. All right. All right. Switching gears. Uh Dr. Dre to has to pay his wife three hundred thousand dollars a month. All right. That's what the judgment is now. And that and that is gonna be until she either uh until he dies or she dies or she remarries. And I don't think she's gonna do that. All right. Dr. Dre ordered to pay ex wife Nicole three point <laughs> five million a year in spousal support. Nicole Young will be receiving a substantial amount of money from Dr. Dre amid their divorce. A judge ordered the music mogul to pay Young $293,306 per month in spousal support, according to the reports. That's more than $3.5 million a year. While it's good, well, it's a good chunk of change for most people, the sum is much less than she requested in September. Dr. Dre's wife, now ex-wife, asked for $2 million per month. My God, what kind of human being is she? This is crazy. This is fucking evil. Yeah. The rapper will also uh, cover the expenses of their Malibu and Pacific Palisades homes and will pay for the for Young's health insurance. If she if she remarries or enters into a new domestic partnership, their agreement will end. The couple shares two adult children, son, true, truce, whatever his name is, true East, 24 and daughter, truly 20. So custody and child support are not an issue. That's um, the coldest part. Yeah, young father. He would be paying more if he had kids. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Young father for divorce in June 2020 after 24 years of marriage, and the process has been anything but amicable. She accused the claim producer of emotional and physical abuse, which he has strongly denied. Dr. Dre was declared legally single by a judge as his attorney powerhouse, Laura Wasser, filed a motion for bifurcation. Um, she argued Young's false allegations of domestic violence demonstrate that the union is beyond repair. The divorce has yet to be finalized. My God. Um, look, man. Are they not even fully divorced yet? Not yet. Not, I guess not yet. But Damn. I'm a, I'll be completely honest, man. Fellas, if you have a woman that loves you and you pull out something like a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what the hell do you call those? Uh, prenup? Prenup. Yeah. If you pull out a, pre- a prenuptial agreement, if she flips out over it, then it's like, I don't know, bro. I You got to. Probably not for you. Probably not for you, man. Yeah. Here, Let me tell a story about Steven Jackson. I was going to bring this up. I, I talked about it once, but Steven Jackson, uh, ex-NBA player, had found a woman while he was in the league and he loved her. And months before the wedding, he had a prenuptial agreement for her to sign. She didn't sign it yet. She said, I'll get to it later, babe. He said, okay. So a couple weeks go by. He asked her again, hey, did you get that paper signed? She's like, oh, damn, I forgot. I'll sign it though, babe. I got you. No problem. So she didn't sign it. So now they're doing like the reception and like they're getting all the stuff ready for the wedding and all of that. And he said, hey, don't forget that paper, babe. And she's like, I got you. Trust me. I got it. So she she basically uh, you know, stalled him again. Mm-hmm. So now it's the day of the wedding. Mm-hmm. 
And before they get married, he says, baby, I really need you to sign this prenup. She says, look, I got it. I'm going to get to it right now. So before they get up, he asked her again, did you get it signed? And then she's like, no, I, I haven't. And he knew at that moment she was playing him. She wasn't going to sign it. She wasn't going to sign it. So he was crying on his wedding day in tears because he couldn't marry this woman because she was trying to fucking use him. Right. But the story doesn't end there. He, he was uh, crying and snot and shit coming out of his nose. He was talking about this on the story. And I think I think Matt Barnes mom was alive at the time. I think she was the one that was hugging him and, you know, telling him it's going to be OK. And after that, her bridesmaid. Right. That was basically one of their best friends stayed at. It turned into a divorce party, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody started turning up and shit. Everybody's having fun. And he said that he fucked his bridesmaid. <laughs> So his mm-hmm. his soon to be wife that he didn't marry, one of her friends that was a bridesmaid was there and he fucked her. Yeah. So it just tells you how crazy money will make people do things. Mm-hmm. That's not a normal situation for an average man. But once you get money, you got to watch your back. Because mm-hmm. if you don't watch your back, the day you get married, you're going to have some woman trying to plot on you. Yeah. And, and it's so many people mm-hmm. say like, oh, this is so false. Women are not women do not want your money. We are independent. We don't want this. Like, don't speak for all women. It's a ton of women that's scamming dudes. It's a ton of women that's purposely not like trying to convince them not to sign uh, these papers. Yeah. But it's like if I did all the work and heavy lifting in my life, why the fuck do you deserve half of my shit when I'm not even in a relationship with you no more? Like. I, I shouldn't have to suffer. If this relationship no longer serves me, why do I need to pay you for it? Who the fuck are you? Yeah, man. That's crazy. I think, I guess um, I did a little bit. I didn't do extensive research, but I was looking at Jeff Bezos' situation. Uh And um, when him and his, uh, I don't know when they got married as far as like, and when the business was started, but Mm -hmm. I, I believe they got married before the business started. And they kind of started it together. Like she was on the okay. board and stuff early on in the business. And okay. obviously it grew to a, um, it might be a trillion dollar business now. And, you know, when they split up, it's like, yo, this is kind of, I, I guess that's a better situation for me. I don't necessarily know. Like she, she was uh, part of the company. She had a stake in the company. So I don't understand why he still had to give her money. That's crazy. But either way, you know, I think that situation is a little bit better. But for Dr. Dre, That's too much. you know, he's he NWA and, you know, you know, signing Eminem and all, like the chronic and all all of this stuff was created from, you know, from him, from him you know, tapping on the NPCs, mixing these records on the on the board and whatnot, um, you know, just putting hundreds and hundreds and thousands of hours into right. his craft in order to be that guy. And I think it's um, I think a woman's role in a relationship is invaluable. And I say that in the sense that it's not there's no there's no type of money you can put on that as far as raising the kids, you know, just, you know, taking care of the house and stuff like that. So I don't think that deserves a dollar amount when you exit the relationship, especially when you're when you're 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 old enough to have put something together on your own. Right. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you this much. What I'll do is is because. I'm not the type of dude that would be a complete dickhead. First of all, let's be clear. I wouldn't sign no prenup if I'm with my girl, right? And we doing bad. And let's say I'm trying to create this company, but we both eat noodles 
at night for dinner because we broke, right? And eventually, you know, things get better. I make a lot of money and somehow we get a divorce. I feel like she entitled to half. You was eating noodles with me. Mm-hmm. We were struggling together. So if we get a divorce, you, I feel like you entitled to half. I have no problem giving you half. If you were there with me since the inception of my business and you were never after my money, I feel like you entitled to half. That's just my opinion. I'm sure a lot of men would disagree. But I'm not going to leave you asked out because even in the darkest moment, I still love you enough to understand that you was there for me when I ain't have shit. But what what if the what if you guys got a divorce because she cheated on you? Then I ain't paying her a dime. But if you don't got no prenup, then you don't you can't make that. You're decision. still entitled to pay somebody that is, is that's that cheats I don't think on you? infidelity is. Uh, yeah, it, it, I don't think infidelity has anything to do with my God. Then, oh, out. my God. That's so fucked up. Because then at that point, like right now, <clears throat> Dr. Dre's ex-wife. It's probably not going to remarry because that's too much money not to do it. So she's not going to die either. No, if she end up on life support. She just they just going to keep her on there for the rest of. You know. She'll be in three hundred k to be on uh, life support. But right now, when she when she's with another dude and her, she's she's kind of attractive still. So she's going to be somewhere fucking some twenty three year old guy. She's getting paid to fuck. Yeah, you paying your ex wife three hundred thousand dollars a month to go get fucked. That's yeah. what you're doing. That's fucked up. Yeah. That's not cool, man. And this the way that these laws are set up, like marriage is like a legitimate business. Mm-hmm. There's people that have to pay money to get divorces. Mm-hmm. That's nuts, man. That's expensive, man. That's expensive. It's so crazy. And they, they do like, you know, I know my from my aunt's situation, like they'll they'll do like a deep dive. So for her, they went back to um the investment into the house that they bought. So like they'll pull up, you know, receipts and stuff like, yo, I, I uh, paid for the washer machine or I paid oh for God. the dishwasher and stuff like that. So and then you get all that back if you if you have somebody to vouch for you. I think if you really love someone, you need to have conversations about money. I yeah. think you need to have conversations <clears throat> about money and don't make assumptions of anything. I so, think I, I think honestly, like um Prenups just keep everything like clean. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think in like Steven Jackson's situation, if a person is not willing to sign one, then um, they probably don't love you that much. No. I, and, it, it, and it doesn't matter where you're currently at. It's, it's more about a future thing. But I also think that signing a prenup, prenup is an incentive to stay together and that could be good or bad. Um, but it's not necessarily like betting on things going wrong. It's just like, it's just insurance. I wonder if instead of get instead of like, as far as the prenup, having them sign it, <laughs> but like having like them having a percentage of my company or something and paying them in some type of, like if I give you 2% of my company as a, instead of signing, instead of like instead of giving a, cash, no sign a prenup, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to sign that, but I will allow like you to have 2% of my company or you, you know, could just get, I mean, you could, if you give them that from the jump, then you don't have to do it when you guys get divorced. You could just, it could already be there. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd rather ha- give you a percentage of my company, right? And then that's what you get. Yeah. Like, you getting that off top. Like, you, if, here's the thing. 
That's what I was saying about Jeff Bezos. It's uh, like she's already part owner of the company. So like, why, why did he, he have to give her more money? That's why that prenup come in too. Yeah. So if you if you got a percentage of the company, then you don't need the fucking money. And then she gave like charity. She gave it all away. I'd be like, man, that's some rich people shit. Yeah. You're so and fucking she, rich. She got married so fast too. Oh, she was already fucking that guy. Yeah. He was like a school teacher or something. That's crazy. He was he was really teaching her a lesson. You ain't getting this type of dick from that local dude. Remember Kanye said that? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jeff Bezos' wife ain't loyal, man. <laughs> That's crazy. I guess Jeff Bezos um, uh, Jeff Bezos was on some bullshit, too. I guess Jeff Bezos was, like, sending, like... Oh, little, yeah, he wasn't. He was, little text he messages. Got, he has too much power, man. Yeah. Too much power. Jeff Bezos could send Jeff Bezos could send a nude across Facebook and then people will have it and then all of a sudden that picture will be deleted and every phone in your phone every every yeah. picture in your phone will be deleted. Yeah. Like, it's power, fuck? man. What the fuck is going on with Jeff, man? Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that people people should start having conversations about prenups based off of potential. Like oh, yeah. Even, you know, even for you, you know, who, who knows when you will meet your partner. If you, I think mm-hmm. even if you met your partner tomorrow, you should have that conversation. Like, oh, yeah. we have 62, <laughs> 62 views on YouTube right now. But, like, mm-hmm. that conversation, I think, is is still important. And yeah. um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you won't take care of them or whatever. It just right. means that if you do happen to meet her tomorrow when we're in this current situation and then all of a sudden a few investments from that you made or a few moves that you made have propelled you into being a multimillionaire. And then, you know, things don't necessarily work out because 50% of marriages don't. Um, it's just protecting you, protecting yourself from that other person being spiteful. But if yeah. you, like you said, if you want to give something to them out the kindness of your heart, or if they just want to, you know, thug the it wor- out with you for the rest of your life. The worst cool. people, the worst people are the ones who wrong you in some way and mm-hmm. still end up being spiteful. Yeah. So, like, if you cheated on me and you hurt me, right, you hurt my feelings because you cheated on me and you're taking my money, mm-hmm. what more can you fucking take from me? Like, what more can you take? You cheated on me and you took my fucking money. That's the thing, man. It's so, that that's people. What people don't realize too is that they think it's a rich thing. They think it's something uh-uh. that is only reserved for millionaires. Like sometimes, no. um, you know, I know people in certain situations that they're not necessarily like super super rich, but right. you know, they got a decent job, and somehow um, in those situations, like you may be making a hundred thousand a year, ninety thousand a mm-hmm. year, but excuse me, they may get the RV or they may get the you know, whatever, you know, uh, they may get the car, they may get, you know, just certain things that, um, just because they, you know, they got a good lawyer. So, Oh my God. Yeah. So fucked up. That's crazy. Well, but just be careful out there, man. If you, if you plan on being the next Dr. Dre, you know, but the, the crazy, he was already Dr. Dre. I think they met when he was probably like 24 or something like that. Yeah. So see, I mean, you, if, that's another that's a slippery slope you find the love of your life when you're at the peak of your life yeah that's kind of like you need to sign this prenup I need to make sure you really love me that, yeah and the thing about it too that like I want to reiterate it, it doesn't it doesn't matter when like you could be with somebody for 20 True. years and then all of a sudden y'all get a divorce and you think like yo it's cool like you know we've been together so long like this is going to last forever but you know my mm-hmm. parents they split when I was when they was in their late 40s you know, I know multiple people that have similar situations. They've been together for 20 years and then 
they just start growing apart. So, yeah, man. Well, if you made it to the end of this podcast, man, we appreciate you and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. We are out of here. Peace.